Hello, everybody. My name is Steve Smith. I'm the editor of PhD News Magazine, and today I'm talking to Dan Foley, owner and president of Foley Mechanical. Dan is obviously one of those guys that needs no introduction at all. Any contractor listening to this phone call is going to know who he is. He's uh, wrote a very popular column for us for many years, and I've been on his job sites and written about his uh, eye-popping radiant uh, jobs in and around the D.C. area. And uh, today's call is a little different from the other ones that we've done uh, so far and off the cuff. Dan, unfortunately, did come down with COVID-19, and uh, we're going to talk about that today. So, Dan, now I I know I tried to get a hold of you earlier in April to do one of these things where we were just going to talk about, you know, life in the pandemic that we were under and not knowing that uh, when I sent that email to you, that you, know, you were probably feeling a little bit under the weather because I got an email from you right here on uh, April 10th. Good Friday. Steve, I'm out of commission for a while. I was admitted yesterday with C-19 and severe pneumonia. I'll be here for a few days or maybe longer. So with that in mind, Dan, why don't you tell me a little bit more about, you know, how you, how you felt early on and when you kind of knew it was really going to be bad. Sure. Thanks, Steve. First off, always good to catch up with you, my old friend. But yeah, so uh, when I, all this came about, we were kind of making uh, contingency plans for my company. We're a small company. We've only got 16 employees on how we were going to handle this. And then lo and behold, I started feeling a little bit under the weather for a day or two. And then bam, it hit me like a ton of bricks. And I did a, uh, a virtual appointment with my doctor and we went down a checklist of things. And I didn't think I had COVID-19 because I didn't have the uh, traditional, you know, the, the, the well-known symptoms such as a cough or a very high fever. I had a low-grade fever. My lungs felt a little tight, but I didn't have a cough. But after going through all the symptoms, my doctor advised me to go immediately to the ER at the local hospital, Reston Hospital, mm-hmm. and uh, which I did. And sure enough, I tested positive for uh, C-19 and for pneumonia. And it literally felt like a load of bricks on top of me. I couldn't move. I had no strength. I had uh, no stamina. Just standing up and walking required a lot of effort, uh, heavy breathing. I wasn't getting enough oxygen. So this thing really knocked me out. It's the real deal. And really, I, I got off pretty lightly, Steve, because I was never on oxygen. I was never on a ventilator. But I was in the hospital for uh, almost seven days. And it took me another two weeks for the symptoms to go away where I just didn't feel sick. And even to, to this day, it's not been exactly one month. Yeah. I still don't have all my strength. I'm working uh, working half a days. But uh, like I say, respect this virus because it's the real deal. It will knock you out. It knocked me out. Yeah. And I think um, I talked to you a couple weeks ago. And I think you mentioned that you basically slept the whole weekend before you had, had that teleconference with your doctor. Is that, uh, if I remember that correctly? That's correct. The Friday before, I just felt a little funny, not sick, but just something something didn't seem right. Yeah. And that Saturday, I went into the, to the office in the morning, came home around noon, and didn't wake up until 10 o'clock Sunday morning, got up, tried to eat something, couldn't eat, went back to bed, and slept all day Sunday to Monday morning, mm-hmm. tried to work mon- that Monday. And uh, turned around, went home at eight thirty. I was like, got to got to the office at six. Went home at eight thirty, and that's when I did the virtual doctor's appointment, and then checked myself into the ER. So yeah, at that point, I was sleeping probably twenty hours a day, and still had no strength. So, in the hospital for seven days. Now, what 
what happened, I mean, in those seven days, uh, you mentioned that you didn't really have a that much of a fever, maybe some congestion in your lungs, but uh, did it get worse? I mean, I'll, heck, you're in the hospital for seven, seven eight days. I, I don't know too many people that are in the hospital that long in this uh, day and age. So what, what was going on day to day that you were in the hospital? Well, yeah, it's like a roller coaster. You'll have good days and bad days. The uh-huh. second day in, I felt like, you know, hey, you need to check me out. I don't feel that bad. Yeah. Then my, my my fever spiked to 103 degrees. Two times mm-hmm. I spiked. Mm-hmm. And each time that, that happens, they're going to watch you for 72 hours. So you, oh. they're not going to let you go mm-hmm. for 72 hours after, mm-hmm. after your fever spikes because they wanted to keep an eye on it. And it, twice it did. And then my lungs were, I had pneumonia on top of this, so my lungs were full of fluid. Mm-hmm. The good news there is that uh, they're, they're able to treat that with antibiotics, unlike okay. the virus. So, okay. so they treated that. My lungs dried up pretty quickly, and I started producing oxygen on my own. Mm-hmm. I was down to 85. They said if it kept dropping, they're going to put me on oxygen first and then a ventilator. And I already knew that was bad news. Mm-hmm. So my lungs dried up, and I crept back up to 90. And when I re- they released mm-hmm. me, I was 92, which is at the mm-hmm. low end. They want to leave you. But my lungs were at that mm-hmm. point functioning. And that, that's where... Uh, well, my doctor advised me is the fact that I didn't smoke, my lungs were healthy, and that I was healthy. Otherwise, from the C-19, I was healthy. I didn't have any underlying health issues. So really, I got, they said I got off pretty easy at seven mm-hmm. days. Some people are mm-hmm. in the hospital for two or three weeks at a time and under ventilators. So mm-hmm. I count my blessings, dude. I got off pretty easily. That's Even great. though it knocked me out, I still feel like I got off pretty easy. And the other thing I'll point out is, you know, the... Um, the drug that they're touting, the hydroxychloroquine, mm-hmm. they gave me that. And I wish mm-hmm. I'd known more about it before they did. And maybe it helped me, maybe it didn't, but it has serious side effects. And one thing it did do was cause an irregular heartbeat, which is a well-known side effect. And I ended up staying a couple of days longer than I would have otherwise because they had to monitor my heart rate. They were concerned that, that, that it was irregular due to, to the hydroxychloroquine. Mm-hmm. So... That's something you need to consider as well as you know the side effects of what okay. they're giving you. And in that case, it really affected me. I ended up staying a couple extra days to monitor that. And the other thing I'll point out is you just get, you get no rest when you're in the hospital. They're coming in every two or three hours to, to take your blood pressure, take take blood samples, take wow. um, measure your temperature. Uh, so you just really you can't you can't rest. So I didn't really you know get get good solid rest till I got home and was able to, able to get some, some good sleep and start recovering. But the people were great in the hospital. I mean, they're doing frontline duty. They're right, right at the heart of it. And I'm internally grateful to the one that helped me get out of that hospital. And Dan, I just want to go over some numbers that you mentioned. You said 85, 92. Is that, is that a percentage? Is that to say that? Yeah, oh. that's the percentage capacity of your lungs producing okay. oxygen. It measuring okay. the oxygen level of your blood. And what I found out was once it starts dropping into the 80s, they're going to start looking at putting you on oxygen or right. a... Uh, a ventilator if it gets worse than that. So mine stopped at 85 and then went back up. So it's still low, but uh, yeah, o- oxygen in your blood is what that is. Okay. And I guess one thing I, I, I didn't realize till I talked to you now, but uh, you know, C19 and pneumonia, it seems like that that is uh, one and the same, but I mean, were you, you say you're diagnosed with pneumonia on top of C19. So yeah, the two go hand in hand, apparently. And again, I, I just scratched the surface of my knowledge. I just mm-hmm. found this out myself. So I was thinking the same thing. What are my chances of getting both at the same time? But the two go hand in hand. Even though they're different diseases, so to speak, they, they go hand in hand. One one was a direct cause of the other. Okay, okay. And you mentioned a high fever. What, 103 is the highest that you had? Uh, 
as far as the fever goes. Yeah, I spiked I spike to, to 103. And like I said, it's like a roller coaster. You'll feel fine one day, and then exactly. the fever will spike, and you feel bad the next day. Really? So you can go from 103 to, to normal temperature and, and, and of course, at 24 hours, I guess? Is that, uh, that the case? Pretty much the whole time I was in the hospital, I had a low-grade fever. By that, you know, 99 and a half. Mm-hmm. And 100, so that that doesn't concern them. It was when it spiked up to 103 that it then okay. became an issue, and it was just for a short period of time. I would say less than uh, six or eight hours, and then they treated it with Tylenol. I can't remember something else. So it came down pretty quickly. But that that's the nature of, of the C19 virus. You'll be, you'll feel fine, feel better at one moment, not fine, but but then all of a sudden spike and you'll feel sick. Yeah. It's like it's like a roller coaster ride. So yeah, yeah. And Dan. You mentioned that you weren't on oxygen, so, uh, you know, thank God for that. But I've always heard about, you know, these horror stories of hospital workers not having enough PPE to do the job that they need done. What, what, I mean, how, how did the nurses and doctors come into your room? What, what were they wearing? Can you describe them? Yeah, so that they had to follow a pretty tight protocol for anybody that was tested positive like I was. And they come in. With over their scrubs, I call it the, the blue paper suit. I mean, my guy used to use something similar when they get crawl spaces or addicts. Basically, a suit over their scrubs, and they also had a mask over their mouth and nose, and then they had the, the full uh, face shield covering their their face, mm-hmm. and then gloves and shoe covers. Mm-hmm. And every time they came in, they had to have fresh shoe covers, fresh gloves, and the fresh paper suit over top of their scrubs and then they take it all off and throw it in the trash when they leave because they don't want to take what I have and transfer it into another room. Right, right. So every time they they, they needed a a fresh uh, covering, I guess, uh, over their scrubs. That's correct. So now you you wonder, you know, when you see on the news that the hospitals run out of PPE, that's why, because you got to figure they were coming to my room, like I say, every two to three hours, 24 hours a day. Every time they came in, they had to do that. Mm-hmm. And I mean, do you know offhand? I mean, uh, you mentioned the hospital you were in. Were, were were there a lot of other cases of COVID nineteen uh, going on at the same time at the hospital, or what? There were. There were. I'm at rest. I was at rest in the hospital, which is not a huge hospital. It's not like Fairfax Hospital, but still, it's pretty good, pretty big. Uh-huh. I was up on the fourth floor of a five story building, and yeah. the, the entire wing where I was was C nineteen mm-hmm. patients. The mm-hmm. entire wing. Wow. Okay. So I don't know about the other floors, but I know on my floor, because at one point they had to wheel me out and wheel me back in. I could see people coming coming and going. And then all night long, you would hear alarms, you know, all, all nurses to room X, Y, Z, whatever. And mm-hmm. so something obviously was going on. That's why I say, you know, count my blessings. I got off easy, pretty yeah. relatively unscathed. Cause I, I know there were people in the hospital that were a whole lot worse off than I was. So I was knocked mm-hmm. out, but uh, I got off. I feel like I got off relatively easy. Okay, well, good for you. Now, now you mentioned the drug, the hydro—I I can never pronounce this thing. Hydroxychloroquine. Now, what was that? I don't even know. Are the uh, I know it's used, obviously, but uh, did you choose to use it, or were they just kind of experimenting, or how would you put it? Well, no, because at that point I was pretty much out of it, so uh-huh. I, I went along with whatever the doctor yeah. ordered. That th- they they prescribed it. They called it something else. They called it plat. I think I'm, again, I'm probably mispronouncing this, but plaquenine, which maybe uh-huh. is the generic word for it. But okay. it, it's the drug that, 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 if you listen to any of Trump's press conferences, right. it's the drug that Trump was right. touting right. as as a miracle cure. And right. I, I don't mean it in a negative way. Maybe it did help me with C19, mm-hmm. but it had a serious side effect as well. Mm-hmm. And I wish mm-hmm. that had been 
advised to me before I was given it. But that being said, I probably wasn't in a position to make a coherent decision at that point anyways. Okay. Okay. So a week goes by and you're finally well enough to be uh, let out of the hospital. But what, what happened after that for you? So I went home. I went home just to recover. And again, basically, it took me a lot of sleeping just to catch up, just resting and sleeping. Uh-huh. And then after four, four or five days, I was able to get up and walk around. And uh, what really helped me, I feel like, is, is just going outside in the fresh air, walking my dogs, getting sunshine. And uh-huh. I feel a little bit stronger each day. Uh-huh. First, I could walk to the, to the end of the block and back, and that was pretty much it. Okay. Um, and then gradually, I went further and further. And uh, now... I'm back to work now, half days, but before I went back to work, I would do a loop that was about maybe one mile, and I'd do that four times a day. So I could do one, then go back and rest, you know, for a few hours and, and do another. And each day, I would just feel like it was helping me and getting stronger. And that went on for probably about two weeks. And then this past Monday, I went back to work, okay. working half days. I've been working 10 to 1, 10 to 2. The first day, of course, I got into my stuff and, and pushed it too far. I worked about six and a half hours and then just felt dead the rest of the day. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to take it back, you know, get my strength back gradually and, uh, you know, work a little bit more each day till I'm back, you know, full time. I'm back to work. I'm helping my guys. And uh, I'll give my, give my guys credit that they basically run my company mm-hmm. for a month without me with very little input. The first two or three weeks, zero input. And then just by text an email, not even that sometimes. I just told them to make a decision, make the right decision, go with it, and they've done great. And it's the first time since I started my company you know, 20 years ago, 18 years ago, that I have been away you know, for more than a week. So that's been, been a big step for them, and they've done great. But I want to get back to your career in a second. But again, I just want to make sure I understand and, and picture and everything correctly. So you released in the hospital. You mentioned you used to just go outside and walk down the block. I mean, were, were you out of breath just walking down one block? Or, I mean, it just was. Yeah, uh, it, it was just extreme fatigue and extreme tired. So you feel like maybe you just ran 10 miles. Uh-huh. All I did was walk to the end of the block and back. Okay. Maybe a quarter mile or less, mm-hmm. maybe an eighth of a mile to the corner and back. Just extreme fatigue where I just had to lay down and just you know, close my eyes. I don't say sleep, but just rest to get my strength back yeah. because yeah. I had no strength. And one thing I didn't point out is that I didn't eat for almost uh, two and a half, three weeks. I just couldn't eat. I could not eat. I physically, mm-hmm. eat. it made me, made me sick. So I lost about 27 pounds, almost 30 pounds. Wow. And granted, I might maybe I didn't lose a pound or two, but this is, this is not good way. I was gone, yeah. pale, no strength. Yeah. And in addition to being sick, just my body was ravaged by it, mm-hmm. not eating and not, not properly uh, nourishing myself. So I, mm-hmm. I added, you know, the, the one-two punch. So mm-hmm. to answer your question, yeah, just just extreme fatigue, not able mm-hmm. to operate. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And when you were at home resting and recuperating, were, were you, I mean, did the doctors say, don't go anywhere? I mean, were, are, are you, could you have given the, the the virus to someone else at this point or is it? Not communicable. Yeah, what, they, what, they, what they wanted, it's a good question. What they wanted was two weeks with no symptoms. Okay. So I still had some symptoms. I, I After I got home, I think the second night after I got home, I had a fever again. I, I didn't measure my temperature, but I had night sweats. I was feverish. So that, that was the last day I actually had physical symptoms mm-hmm. of the C-19. So I had to go from that point, two weeks of quarantine, self-quarantine. It didn't mean I couldn't go outside. I just couldn't go talk to my neighbor over the fence. I had to right. say, 
you know, like you would, you know, six feet away, or 12 feet away, have a mask on the whole nine yards. So I could still go outside. I could still get some, you wanted me to get exercise, but I just couldn't overdo it. And I couldn't have any interaction with anybody else because yes, I was, I was contagious. And like I said, they want, they wanted two solid weeks with no symptoms. Nothing happening to you. Okay. Now getting back to your crew, I mean, before you were unfortunately admitted to the hospital. Obviously, you were out and about, and, and you were with your crew. Is anyone else come down with this in the meantime? Well, I was sitting down with my uh, management staff to try to you know, map out a plan. For example, one of my guys had, had a fever, and he didn't know what it was. He didn't mm-hmm. test, so we just said, look, why don't you just stay home? For two weeks, because again, a small company, we can't have right. you know coming in and affecting the whole crew. I'll be out of business all the while. My guys got sick. Uh, yeah. Bad enough, you know, that I was out for, for almost a month. I couldn't imagine my whole crew. So we just told him to stay home for two mm-hmm. weeks. Mm-hmm. We had another technician that his wife was pregnant, and he just didn't want to risk. Yeah. You know, when he saw what happened to me, so he he decided to stay home for about ten days. And another one, uh, his mother came down with mm-hmm. it. So he, he stay, he's actually home right now still. For, he's going to stay home for three weeks. So the, the, what I told my guys beforehand, even before I got admitted, it was it's your individual decision. I can't make you come to work. If you don't feel comfortable, safe, stay home. It's your decision. Mm-hmm. I'll, pay, I'll, I'll let you use your sick leave. I'll let you use your vacation. Or you can stay home without pay if that's your choice. I have work. I have plenty of work. But if you're yeah. not comfortable coming to work, stay home. And so three or four of them did that. And that was before I got sick. Then when I got sick, you know, that, that put the fear of the Lord in everybody. So Ron, who was my foreman that was kind of running the show while I was out, made a decision. Everybody stay home for one week while we just figure out what's going on. Okay. Everybody stay home. So the whole entire company was shut down. I had Ron, he was only off one day. He would come into the office the rest of the day to answer the phones, sort mail, and then mm-hmm. I had another technician that could run service to handle the emergency calls that would come in. So if you don't have mm-hmm. heat or hot water or in this area air conditioning, depending on what the weather is that particular day, you can't say, I oh, will see you in a week. I'll lose my customers. Right. So uh, my lead service tech came in. He took two days off that whole week and worked the other three days catching emergency calls. And that was really stepping up uh, mm-hmm. because his wife had just had surgery. And she was you know, very... Um, how should I say, her, her immune system was compromised. Mm-hmm. So she really didn't want him in you know, strangers' houses every day and bringing that back home. But he did, he did what he felt like he had to do. He stayed home two days, worked three days, caught the emergency calls, you know, followed protocol of distancing, masks, gloves, booties, and, uh, and caught the emergency calls during mm-hmm. that week. Mm-hmm. A couple of construction jobs, they were irritated. They now were behind schedule. But for the most part, everybody was gracious and understood, hey, this is a unique situation. We'll get by, do what you can. And if you can't do it, you can't do it. And so for, for the most part, everybody was doing great. So we did, in fact, shut down for a week. And a couple, couple three technicians have chosen to, uh, to, to stay away. That's their decision. And I respect that decision. When they're ready to come back, there'll be plenty of work for them. Okay. And uh, maybe I missed something. But when you shut down for the week, was that before you were admitted to the hospital? or? Ron made that decision. That was actually okay. right after, direct, directly uh-huh. after I was admitted. He made that decision. Okay. Ah, right. Okay. And, and here's um, the other thing, Steve, is that before before I was admitted, I was at the office. I was on job sites. I was around my crew. So who knows? You right. know, the incubation period, I right. think it's seven to 10 days or, or maybe even two uh-huh. weeks. So they, uh-huh. they didn't know if they'd been infected. Everyone was scared. They saw me 
you know, going to the hospital. So I, I don't blame them one bit. I would have made the same no. decision. No. It was reversed. And everybody is okay, though? I mean, they haven't come down with the virus? Today, today nobody has been diagnosed with C-19 okay. or been sick. Okay. We had a couple guys when they had a fever, but it, mm-hmm. it was not, definitely was not C-19. They were back pretty quickly. But again, you don't know. You just okay. don't know until okay. the bad decision is to stay away until you do know. And you mentioned, uh, you know, going on some job sites. Obviously, you must have met some customers. I mean, have you heard if anyone has come down with a virus uh, in the meantime? I've not. I've, I've checked back to the job uh, that I was on. As a yeah. matter of fact, my last day, one of my helpers, I drove him to a job site. So he was in the car with me for a half hour, 40 minutes. And I was just you know, scared to death that he was going to get it, too. But he did not. But he, yeah. he's young. He's strong. So maybe his body fended it off better than I, I did. But I was really concerned for him. But yeah, I tried to think back, Steve, to where I might have picked it up or how. Yeah. But uh, I, I'm on three or four job sites a day, um, supply houses, you know, stopping at 7-Eleven for coffee. Who knows how I got it? I tried to rack my brain to figure it out, but I didn't. But the good news is no one else in my company was diagnosed and no, no one else on the job sites, whether it be GCs or other subs, where I was, to my knowledge. We're okay. diagnosed okay. as well. So now I'm talking to you. It's Wednesday, May 6th today. It's uh, what, 1230, 12.22 your time in Virginia. So what's the day like now? You mentioned that you're kind of just only working a couple of days. Are you, are you calling the, <laughs> are you off the clock right now or what? No, no. So here's the deal. What I've been doing is working from 10 to 2. So I'll mm-hmm. go in a little bit late, go home a little bit early. But uh-huh. today, for example, in a few days, like payday, I got to go in at the regular time, 6 o'clock. And today I had to meet with, with Ron about a new job that were started today. So I was at the office at six. Mm-hmm. And uh, right now I just pulled over. I'm getting, I'm getting ready to drive home. So I worked from six to 1130 today. Mm-hmm. And now I'm just parked, getting ready to go home. Okay. Okay. So feeling better every day, I take it? Yeah. yeah each day I, I feel better. And I really feel like the, the, the walking, the exercise, and the fresh air has been the best thing. Yeah. for me. So uh, yeah, I'll be fine. I think I just need to get my strength back, maybe gain a few pounds back and uh, I'll be fine. I'm going to plan on starting Monday, working full days, regular hours again. Yeah. And what do the doctors say in terms of follow-up care? I mean, I've, I've read uh, this uh, obviously affects your breathing, which is bad enough, but are there any other uh, things that do you, your doctors have told you to, to think about or that are going to follow up on or what? Yeah, one of the things I wanted to follow up on was the irregular heartbeat. Cause mm-hmm. I was pretty serious. Mm-hmm. So they immediately gave me a prescription to go see a, a cardiologist. Okay. Here's the funny part. When I called him to schedule that, and he found out I'd just been released from the hospital for C-19, mm-hmm. his answer was, don't come see me for a month. And I don't blame him one bit either. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, and then there'll be a, another follow-up with, with my regular doctor. Mm-hmm. Again, she wanted three weeks until uh, I showed no symptoms. And then the doctor at the hospital wants to see me again mm-hmm. in about a month. Mm-hmm. So I'll make an appointment with him, but really nobody wants to see you mm-hmm. after you've tested positive for C-19, not for a while anyways. And again, I don't blame them. Okay. Okay. And uh, you mentioned you lost maybe about 30 pounds or so in the hospital because you simply just couldn't eat. Are you uh, gaining back some of that uh, weight you lost or how are you feeling these days today? Yeah, yeah, I have. Uh, I've gained about seven of those pounds back. I lost 20, mm-hmm. 27 to, to 30. Mm-hmm. And the other thing is I've just tried to, to be a little bit more cognizant about what I'm putting into my body. Because it used to be as a contractor, you're running around, you're sure. maybe choking down a 7-Eleven hot dog for lunch. You're yeah. not exactly thinking about that. 
So mm-hmm. I've tried to look at what I have been eating for mm-hmm. the past few weeks, doing better. And in mm-hmm. a sense, even though I'm not strong, I can feel a difference as well. So I'm going to try going forward to maybe take better care of my body and uh, and yeah. eat better. Um, you know, I mainly cut out the, the, the soda, e- even coffee, which loaded with sugar and cream. And I used to be addicted to Red Bull, drinking yeah. nothing but water since I got out, out of the hospital. So uh-huh. stay away from, from, from the sugary drinks. And even as I found out from a doctor that uh, the sugar-free Red Bull is just as bad as drinking a Coca-Cola. So stay yeah. away from that. So I've been doing a lot better, eating better, watching what I put in my body. So hopefully the pounds I gained back are better pounds than what I lost. Yeah. That's good. Now, I know in Illinois here, we have to wear masks if we go grocery shopping or, you know, any, well, not that there's many retail stores open, but uh, all the grocery stores clearly are marked that you need a, a mask. Is that the case in Virginia or obviously, you know, you've had it, so you're probably particularly extra cautious too. Yeah, so, so the, certainly the grocery stores, you have to wear a mask, although not everybody follows that. But I'm also at work as well. I mean, I, I don't think I'm contagious. I'm pretty sure I'm not. But again, I, I, I'd be beside myself if I gave it to one of my guys. So everyone in my, my office, when we meet in the mornings, we're all wearing masks. And when they're out on job sites or in customers' houses, mm-hmm. they're wearing masks. So right. again, I've got a newfound respect for what this, this does to you. And, and uh, I'm taking a little bit more caution than I did before. I was Good. diagnosed with it. June 10th is when they're talking about reopening everything. So we've got another month to go. Although mm-hmm. possibly the governor just came out yesterday with the press release that a week from Friday, they may start opening some other essential businesses. Mm-hmm. I mean, for example, hopefully they'll open the barbershop because if you saw my hair right now, I look like a chicken <laughs> pet. Yeah. I'm no <laughs> so I'm in, dire need of, I'm in dire need of a haircut. And, I'm, uh, I'm sure other people are as well. I'm in the same shape. I, would admit, uh, I was. Uh, I declared my solidarity with my barber who closed. Actually, the Friday, whatever week that was, Friday, uh, I had an appointment to see him, and then he closed up. He had to close up shop, and uh, I think it's the longest time I've been without a haircut since I was uh, ten years old or so. And I was thinking, I, I I'm not going to see him for another month at least, from what I've gathered on his social media. So I was going to put the clippers to my hair maybe this weekend, give myself a crew cut. That can't be that hard, I don't think. I thought I thought about that, but trust me, I'll find a way to screw it up, make it look you know, worse than it looks. So I'll just go along with what I've got instead of who am I trying to impress anyways at 54 years old. Well, true. If I, and, it, you know, if it's a complete disaster for me, we're all working from home ourselves. So no one's going to see me for a while. <laughs> exactly. exactly. Well, good, man. It, it's good to hear from you. Uh, I'm glad you're all better. And hopefully you'll uh, get back in uh, complete shape very soon. And all the best to you. Get well. Stay well. Stay safe. Uh, I appreciate you checking in, Steve. I'm doing great. And, yeah, thanks for everything. Thanks, Dan. Bye for Talk now. Talk to you later. I'll see you, Steve. Bye. Bye.